Hi everybody, this is Greg, and here's what you can find in the Popping Collars feed while pretending to listen to your uncle at Thanksgiving dinner in November 2021. Have you ever heard of a movie, show, or song that everyone else seems to love, but you just don't get it? Well, that's what we're talking about on this month's Popping Collars, our personal pop culture disappointments. Hear us throw some verbal stone tablets at some of Hollywood's biggest golden calves. It's a new month, and we've got a new episode of The Canon, starring some of our Popping Collars all-stars. This month, we divide up the works of Meryl Streep. Betsy and I have made it to the end of our 1990 movies on Going on 30. We're wrapping things up with one of the foundational teen angst movies, Pump Up the Volume, starring Christian Slater. Stephen McHale is back on The Sacred Six. This month, he and I discuss the biggest Beatles album of all time, The White Album. How can we possibly choose a favorite song? Tune in and find out. Finally, Liz and Ricardo are back for one last episode of the PC Book Club for 2021. Hear them choose their favorite end-of-the-year reads. Put your feet up, turn the football game on mute, grab one last slice of pumpkin pie, and keep those collars popped. Steven, no one's really watching us, so why don't we just do it in the road? Well, there's not much traffic on my street, so... All right, great. So you have yeah. an opening then. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Let's do it then. Welcome to The Sacred Six. Sometimes an item in pop culture is just too big for one podcast episode. That's where this show steps in. I'm your host, Greg Knight. With me is my special guest, Stephen McHale. Thanks for coming back, Stephen. Hey, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still here. Uh, this month, we're looking at the big one, the double album, the simply titled Beatles, parentheses, white album. Uh, white uh, album, the, big the, idea. The Beatles. <laughs> the Beatles, that's right. Uh, White Album, Big Idea. Do you want to talk about India? Should we talk about India at this point? I don't really feel like I'm qualified to represent India. When I think about the what is becoming the largest nation in the world and their musical heritage, I think, oh, Greg Knight. (laughs) Absolutely. It should be said that the Beatles are looking for something at this time. I mean, at least some of them are. I want to say maybe George and John are looking for some kind of meaning or purpose or something like that. And they're finding creativity um, in the midst of this sort of searching. I mean, it feels like that way to me anyway. Um, And maybe that has to do with the Maharishi. And maybe it just has to do with like, you know, sometimes you hit these phases of your life where you're turning 30 and you're like, what does this mean? Like, what is this about? When 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 are you going to turn 30, Greg? <laughs> Thinking of the Beatles at this point? All right, all right. <laughs> I Greg, mean, this it, is my favorite Beatles album. Why why is it your favorite Beatles album? Let's start there. Uh, why um so despite the fact that the first track on the album I have never liked back in the uh, US, back in the USSR, album. yeah. Mm-hmm. After that, I it is just like a wonderland of 
different stories Mm -hmm. and some very different musical styles coming out. And somehow, until you get to the second to last track, it all hangs together. Kind of, right? I mean, it's funny. I've I've heard, okay, so Paul calls, Paul in an interview one time, he was like, yes, I've heard the, the criticism. Like you could have taken the best songs from the White Album and made a great Beatles album, maybe even the greatest Beatles album. But at some point we just had a lot of songs that we liked. And so we just put them all out. Like we just put out all of the songs that we had. And it's the bloody Beatles White Album, so shut up, <laughs> right? It's like, is it as simple as that? I mean, because you could, like I'm looking through and like you could pair away some songs and you could have like a classic album here. Yeah, if I you put out that. like 15, 15 songs. If it was up to me, I would have cut Back in the OSSR. <laughs> well, Obladio Blada, right? Like nope. we don't need that. I want it. I would cut Birthday. Really? Wow. Um, we can cut out the one about the monkey. No, everybody's got some. <laughs> uh, in fact, I remember. Uh, oh, we can cut out long, long, long because it is long, long, long. And boring. I love that song, too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> can I tell sto- uh, just a couple stories I have with these songs? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, so um, Blackbird, I tried to learn to play in high school mm-hmm. on guitar and I, because I loved it. Um, Rocky Raccoon, we sung at summer camp my whole growing up, and the song is seared into my soul um, with fondness. Mother Nature's Son, my, my own son and I have listened to walking out on long hikes, and that is, almost brings me to the point of tears now. Mm-hmm. And then... Cry Baby Cry, mm. I thought was like the deepest thing ever written when I was a junior <laughs> in high school. And uh, I don't really know what it's about still, other than some children playing games, but I thought it made me super sophisticated that I liked it. Uh, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been on sabbatical before? I have been on three sabbaticals. Did you gain like some kind of creativity or inspiration from those experiences? Um, I hope so. I sure hope so. Uh, after two of them, at least. Like, can you feel it? Like, can you, like, did you come back and say, you know what, I've got it. And like, you just started rattling off a bunch of ideas. Like, how did it manifest for you? So um, it manifests. Yeah. I had a ton of ideas that would come to me on sabbatical and I would keep them in my journal and write them all down. And uh, then the hard part is coming back into the day-to-day grind of work. And I love mm-hmm. my work, but um, a lot of those ideas, unfortunately, just kind of fall to the side, you know, the urgent uh, or the immediate pushes away the important on the to-do list. And yeah. I don't stick with them as well as I should. I mean, that's what the White Album feels like to me. It feels like a bunch of guys who went away, removed themselves from whatever influences they had. And and what we're hearing on this album is like a bunch of journals that were written on sabbatical, like a bunch of journal ideas, you know, piggies, piggies exactly. It's like, <laughs> I mean, could you imagine George showing up and being like, I've got it. I've got it. I've got the, the song that's going to just nail those fat cats, you know, on Wall Street. <laughs> like, I've got, I've got it. It's called piggies. 
<laughs> Listen up. So um, I remember um, distinctly in probably in middle school, we prank called a friend's mom who we all thought was hot, but she was creepy. And we left the entirety of everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey and sexy Sadie on our answering machine. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. I, I also remember as I was, as I'm perusing these album title, the song titles, uh, I also remember that Helter Skelter was the Beatles song that if somebody ever told you like, Oh, the Beatles really, that's like pop nonsense. Helter Skelter was the song that you would pull out and say, no, they're a rock band. Listen to this. Right. You think they're a rock band? Kind of. They write rock songs. I guess it should be said. They write rock songs. They just don't sing them like a rock band. So it's like the Rolling Stones. They're a rock song. Yeah, they're a rock band and they would sing songs like a rock band, but they were singing like Beatles songs, (laughs) you know? I guess so, they're a, I guess they're a pop band, but Helter Skelter Helter Skelter rocks. That's what I'm trying to say. What is Revolution Nine doing on this album? Uh, John was in love with Yoko and wanted to make art with her, and Revolution Nine is the result. You don't feel the art? I feel maybe I feel maybe I'm blaming Yoko. That's probably not fair <laughs> in the Me Too era. I don't per- I don't care for the song, but I'm super impressed that the biggest band in the world took a chance and put it on there. Yeah, totally. I mean, who's going to say no by the time you get to like song number 29, like, you know, at that point you're like, all right, fine, throw it in. Um, what's your best song on this massive album? Uh, I have a hard time answering that. Um, probably I would go with a two way tie, uh, between while my guitar gently weeps and Rocky raccoon. Hmm. Uh, while my guitar gently weeps, uh, Clapton's on that song. Yeah. Was Clapton sleeping with uh, George Harrison's wife? I want to say yes. While they were working together. I want to say that was happening, yes. Not a good friend. It never really got in the way of their friendship, though. They were still friends all the way up until Abbey Road. You know, and George knew. Like, at that, by that point, I think Clapton was married to Patty. But I remember, you know, Clapton's got the great story about George writing Here Comes the Sun, where he's like, I, if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I wouldn't have believed it. But we're sitting there, we're watching the sunrise, and he grabs a guitar and he sings the song, note perfect, like not even just off the top of his head. It just wow. came to him. Wow. It's incredible. Um, my favorite song is uh, Dear Prudence. How come? I, I love it, but why is that? Uh, it's it's uh, it sounds like a like a love song, but it's it's not really. It's like a 
it's like a friend song, you know, it's, it's almost like this encouragement of like, you know, obviously it's like, why don't you come out to play and stuff, but it's, it's, it's this kind of idea of the world is out there. You have to go. Like you can't hide away. If you hide away, you're never going to experience life, right? Life exists outside. The, the sun is up. The sky is blue. It's beautiful. And so are you. Like that's, it's just such a great image that they're trying to get across in that song. So uh, MVP of the album. Who's the, uh, who's the MVP of the White Album? Who? Well, once again, I want to say John, but I love so many of Paul's pieces on this. This is where it gets harder and harder and i also love uh george on this Mm -hmm. i think i i know i'm not i'm supposed to be cooler than this but paul mccartney's storytelling on this is so beautiful yeah so i think i'm going with that despite back in the ussr and birthday which are just abominations (laughs) oh birthday every classic rock station around the country has a segment where it's like and celebrity birthdays and that's the song that's playing in the background every single time um, how about you mvp uh mvp of the album beatles friends that's what i wrote <laughs> so um i wrote kind of a list eric clapton mia farrow yoko ono linda eastman mick jagger like all of these people are having influences on the individual beatles and i think that they're pulling out really like amazing stuff. Like I think, you know, for as weird as revolution nine is like Yoko's making John go to some interesting places. Like happiness is a warm gun is something that only Yoko could bring out of John, I think. And uh, just like Paul, I think that I think Linda is steering Paul in like a completely different direction where he's like, he's so in love that all he can do is write silly love songs. You know, like, and and he says that when he gets to Wings, he's like, "This is what I do, <laughs> like, this is my brand." Uh, so, Beatles friends are my MVP. All right. Uh, last thoughts on the White Album, your favorite album? Yeah, my last thoughts. I meant to show you. Um, I have, I, I love this album so much. In high school, I bought it on white vinyl. Wow, that was dedication back then. Wow. Uh, you? I I like the White Album. I mean, I. I would say that it's one of those it's one of those albums that uh, means a lot when you're a teenager, and when you get older, it it still means a lot, but maybe maybe not quite as much as when you're staring at a candle in the corner of a room, dark room, listening to Revolution, <laughs> pondering the universe. All right, that's it. Good night, sleep tight, sweet white album. Next up. We'll be moving on to the very last studio album from the Beatles, Abbey Road. Steven, can you come back for one last episode? Maybe. <laughs> oh, no. If I lost you now, that would be, could you imagine? I have leverage now. I'm gonna <laughs> my we'll see you next time. <laughs>